around and wave at a few people and welcome them to the Lord's house today. It's good to have you all here this morning. Amen. Man, it's good to be in the Lord's house. I'm thankful for the psalmist when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm glad you're here today. You know, we've got a lot going on in this world and a lot going on in our area. Uh, I've, I've been talking to several of my pastor buddies the last few days and it's just one of those seasons right now. It's one of those times. Uh, we've got probably 20 or more from our congregation, directly in our congregation, uh, that are positive with COVID. And then probably close to twice that many that are in quarantine because they have family members that, that have it. We had to shut down a class last week in our child care center. And uh, so it is just one of those seasons. But there is good news, amen? The, the Bible said, the psalmist said, Yea, though I walk through the shadow, the valley of death, amen, oh, fear no evil. We're walking through, aren't we? I mean, this thing's almost over, I believe. I see it with eyes of faith. So thank you for being here with us today. This is a very nice crowd Consider, considering the circumstances that we're dealing with. Uh, we could have gotten the double whammy, I guess, today. Some of our churches in eastern Kentucky not only have COVID to deal with, but uh, significant snowfall. So we, uh, we don't have that. Praise the Lord for that. I'm thankful. <clears throat> when I thought about what to do this week, I just, you know, I'd mentioned to you several weeks ago, unless something happens that I'm just, really not expecting or aware of, we're going to have church. Amen. It's just as easy for us to have church than for me to come in and preach by myself. I've got you to help me preach. Amen. And we got to help you. You've got us to, to worship with. And so it's a joy to be with you today. And I'm excited about all that the Lord is doing and all that he's going to do uh, in the future. I want to remind you that this afternoon we're going to do something a little different. Um, I felt like several weeks ago the Lord laid on my heart this idea of starting and finishing with prayer. Prayer is one of the greatest opportunities that we have to turn any given situation in our lives. Prayer, communication with the Father. And in my heart, he dropped this idea of doing several concerts of prayer throughout this year. Today we're going to do the first one. Uh, you can come and you can pray with us here in the sanctuary if you'd like to. I would just invite everyone to come up front and, and uh, to join us in prayer. If you can't be here or if you'd rather not be here, then we're going to do it virtually online at 5 p.m. We will be on Facebook. Uh, it will also be on YouTube. And the best experience is always to go to our website, which is thespirit.life, and click on where it says online, and you can go there. It will take you directly to our BoxCast TV channel, and you, you won't be able to interact in terms of saying amen or hallelujah or I'm hungry or anything like that. 
uh, but the experience is much better technically. Sounds better, pictures better, that kind of thing. But however you'd like to join us, we want to invite you to uh, join with us this e evening. We're going to pray. I've invited Pastor Danny to be with me tonight, and we're, he's going to participate. Pastor Matt is going to be with me tonight, and we're going to participate together. And Pastor John will be here, and the four of us will be praying over certain areas of our community, our church, our children, things of that nature. And Miss Priscilla, right in the middle, is going to be singing a beautiful song that I have asked her to sing. Uh, it is entitled, Believe for It. And so I want you to log in and uh, sing along with us and pray along with us. Or if you'd like to come to the sanctuary and join with us in prayer, you're welcome to do that. Uh, but we're going to have a concert of prayer and we're going to agree together. There's power when the people of God pray together. If any two will agree as touching anything on earth, Scripture says the Father will hear it and he will accomplish it on our behalf. I know many of you have several needs even beyond COVID and that kind of thing that we're dealing with, uh, work and finances and all, it, it just seems like a tsunami of challenges that we're facing. But the good news is, is that no matter what we face, God is greater than any circumstance that we come up against. So we win, amen? Someone said something about going bankrupt this week, and I said, oh, you're not going to go bankrupt, you're too blessed to go bankrupt, Amen. God's on our side, and Scripture says that if we tithe and we give and, and uh, we participate in the Word of God that way, that He will allow us to test Him and see if He will not pour out a blessing upon us from the windows of heaven that we can't even contain. It'll absolutely blow our minds when we see what God is able to do, right? And so instead of expecting bad things, we expect the best because God is capable of it, right? Amen. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, boy, God is good. He is. He's phenomenal. Well, if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. And we're going to uh, finalize this uh, sermon series that we've been uh, involved with for the last few weeks. <coughs> I'm going to preach the last one today. Start and finish with prayer. Several years ago, I heard one say to me, uh, and it was, a, it was quite common in the church realm to hear this phrase, but that we should not attempt to finish in the flesh what was started in the Spirit. And how true that that is. When God starts something, we need to get in the Spirit and start and finish in the spirit. So today I want to talk to you <clears throat> about some of the challenges that we face when we don't pray and when we don't start and finish with this thing called prayer. And so this is a very familiar passage of scripture and I want you to look at verses uh, 36 through 46 with me in Matthew chapter 26. It says, then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which by the way would have been James and John, 
he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to the point of death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little bit further, he fell on his face and he prayed saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, for the second time, he went away and he prayed and he said, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and he found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. <clears throat> then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. So rise and let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for your word, and I pray that this morning you'll open our eyes and help us to understand how very important it is for us to be people of prayer and to walk in faith and to walk in the Spirit as we pray. And help us to realize that you have blessed us to give us this vehicle through which we can communicate with you and call into existence those things that are necessary to bring victory into our lives. <clears throat> Lord, I pray that you'll wake our sleeping souls and help us to fire up our spirits and take advantage of the blessings of prayer as we live our lives for you. Father, we ask it. I pray that you'll help me now to preach effectively and to say what needs to be said able to say it in a way that we can accept it and receive it, put it to use in our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture, as I've already said. It's one that, you know, often we hear around Easter time as we talk about this prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane and how that Jesus prayed this prayer, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass, but not it. If it's not your will, then I will receive it. I will be faithful to your call upon my life. <clears throat> and we've concentrated a lot of effort through the years about that side of this story. But there's another side of this story, and it has to do with the disciples. It has to do with the people that were in that very same scenario as was Jesus. They were there with him. And yet, they did not enter in at the level that Jesus had hoped that they would enter in. They did not grasp what it was that Jesus was trying <clears throat> to accomplish in their lives. And so we can see this side of the story. And I've asked the Lord to help me to present this in such a way that we don't go home today feeling as though we've been 
beaten up on by Scripture, but instead that we recognize that there are some things that we could do and should do that would bring additional benefit into our lives and help us to live much higher in the Spirit than if we don't do these things. And so I want to talk for a few moments about that very thing. Now, in this passage of Scripture, we know that this was just after, what we just read was just after Jesus sharing the Lord's Supper with them and Passover. <clears throat> he had called them together and they'd met uh, in the room together and prepared this meal. They, they'd prayed together. They, they had had communion together, if you will. They sang songs together. And then finally at the end, Jesus recognized that it's time for them to move from that setting to a different setting that would be very different. And so he encouraged them to now move into the role that each of them would play. As they were leaving that room and leaving that time together, he spoke to Judas. Do you remember? Uh, because he had revealed Judas to be the one who would betray him. And he speaks to Judas and he says, go now and do what you know you're going to do. Jesus knew that he was going to betray him. Jesus knew what his role would be in bringing all this to pass. And so he allowed him to go and do that. So there are three things that I want us to understand from this passage of Scripture today. And the first one is this. These disciples undervalued their invitation. Jesus was inviting them to do something that they could not do otherwise. He was inviting them to a higher level of living. He was inviting them uh, to move up a little bit higher. Now, they all had a role to play, as I've already mentioned about Judas. Jesus allowed him to do what he had in his heart to do. Remember, God will never invoke his authority over your free will. He could if he wanted to. He could make all of us puppets. He could make it so that all of us had no choice but to do what he wanted us to do at all times. But he did not make us that way, and that's not the way that we live our lives. We get to choose whether or not we're going to live where we are, or we're going to live lower than where, where we are, or we can live higher than we have been living. And he knew what was in Judas's heart, and so he released him to do that. Could you imagine Jesus had the power, if he'd have wanted to, that he could have knocked him out with a thunderbolt from heaven and killed Judas on the spot, and he'd have never been able to fulfill the betrayal that was in his heart. But Jesus didn't do that. He allowed him to do that. In fact, he even released him to do the very thing that would ultimately bring this, the, the, the people to Jesus to take him away. So Jesus will put us in our place. He will allow us to function in the way that we desire to function. And so when they left, instead of 12 disciples, there were 11 of them. And so he takes these 11 disciples with him and goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. And as they enter into the garden, he says to the disciples, he says, I want you to sit here and watch. I want you to be positioned 
so that you can see what's going on. And so he takes them and he has them to sit there. And then the scripture goes on to explain to us that from the 11 that he had positioned at the, the beginning in the, in the front part of the garden, he took three of them and he said to them, you come with me. And so Peter and James and John didn't stay back with the other eight. They went with Jesus into a different place so that they could watch from a different perspective. Now, those who were in the eight, they were asked to watch. They were to keep their eyes open. Now, as you look at this passage of Scripture, there are a couple of things that come to our mind. The first is they had a vantage point to see who was going to come and go in the garden. In the natural eye, they could see who was coming and who was going, who was leaving, and, and, and what was going on. But Jesus wanted them to watch not just with their physical eyes, but he wanted them to see something spiritually that would change their lives. He wanted them to see him as he struggled through this decision to accept the cup of God's wrath upon his own body. He wanted them to live in such a way that they were spiritually more mature when they left the garden than they were when they entered into the garden. You know, and then he brings the three. He brings Peter, and he brings James, and he brings John with him, and he says to them, I want you to watch and pray. I want you to intercede with me. I want you to stand with me. I want you to be with me as I fight this spiritual battle that I'm getting ready to fight. And you know, it dawned on me, that God has invited all of us to play a role in the kingdom of God. All of our roles can be different. We find out later in, in, in other places in the New Testament where he has given his spirit to each one of us, the gifts of the spirit to operate in, and my gift may be different than your gift, and your gift may be different than your gift. But God has given us a gift of his spirit so that we can operate in the realm of the spirit and cause the church to be everything that he has called it to be. So he has invited you to live in such a way that you can live above this earth. You can live above your natural bent. You can, you can come up a little higher. But you know what the problem is? Is that so often <clears throat> we do not accept the invitation of the blessings that God has for us. Because we're just so focused on everything else. We can get focused on our circumstances. We can get focused on sickness. We can get focused on our relationships. We can get focused on our job. We can get focused on our world. We can, we can get so focused on politics that we ruin every day that we're alive. We can get so focused on the things of the earth that we forget that God has called us up higher to live in the power and through the authority of his spirit. Some of us have forgotten that he has invited us to be overcomers. He has invited 
invited us to be victorious. He has invited us to take authority over the enemy. He has invited us to allow the Spirit of God to do a work in us and in our families that cannot be overcome by Satan and his, and his demons. We have the authority. We have the power. But if we're not careful, we'll be just like these disciples and we will undervalue the invitation to what God has given us. You know, there are certain times that we get invited to things and we decide whether or not we're going to go. And it's that way in the spirit realm as well. What is God inviting you to right now? Is God inviting, you know, we get to the first of the year and we always make all these resolutions that we don't keep past a week or two and we get invited, well, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to stop eating sugar and I'm going to do all those things and we get inspired about it and we think it's an opportunity for me to turn my life around or to do something better or experience something greater than I've ever experienced before, but then we forget about that commitment and resolution and before you know it, we're right back where we were before. And so many times that's what happens in our relationship with Christ. He calls us. He gives us an invitation to something. And we get excited about it, but then we lose the desire to do it. Why is that? That's the second thing I want to talk to you about. They not only undervalued their invitation, but they overindulged their appetite. They overindulged their appetite. Now, Jesus had invited them to watch and pray. But instead of watching and praying, what did they do? They took a nap. They slept. Their bodies were tired. Listen, it would be easy to justify it. Think about all that they had been through in previous days. Think about the stress that they were under with the message that Jesus had just given them that, hey, I'm getting ready to lay my life down. I'm getting ready to go to a cross and die for the sins of this world. Peter said, no, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to let that happen. I mean, they were under stress. And because of that stress, they were exhausted. They were tired. You ever feel so stressed out that you, all you wanted to do was just lay in the bed? I mean, all you wanted to do was just crawl in bed and pull the covers up over your head and let the world go by because that's what your flesh was telling you to do. Did you ever have a doctor say to you, you need to start eating different and you need to exercise and you need to do something different than what you're doing because if you don't, you're going to be sorry. It's going, it's going to pay dividends in your life at another time. And so you go home and you look up on Google, you know, what can I eat and what can I do and what can I do to exercise and how can I be healthier? And then somebody comes in the room with a nice banana pudding and all of a sudden you couldn't care less what the doctor had to say about you. I know, I deal with it all the time. But we get so focused on what our flesh wants. I've known people that they were so tired of being lonely that they would accept anybody into their life, whether they were a Christian or not, and it paid dividends, negative dividends in their lives much later on. You see, God has a standard of living for us. And it's not so that he can put his thumbs on us and make life terrible 
It's so that we can be blessed and so that we can live higher and so that we can have and experience the blessings of God in our lives. If we're not careful, we overindulge our appetite. In other words, you know, I don't think I'll go to church today because I don't feel like it. You know, I, I'd rather just stay in my jammies. We, we talked to Henry this morning. They, you know, had to stay home this morning for uh, sick reasons. Henry was not feeling well, and, and he had his church clothes on, and he's ready to come to church. And uh, Aaron said, you know, don't you want to put your jammies on? And he said, I want to wear my good clothes today church day. But then a few minutes later, he changed his mind. He said, I'm ready to put my jammies on. You know, we feel that way sometimes. We feel, I'm, I'm going to get motivated. I'm going to be spiritually mature. This is the year of breakthrough for me. This is the year that things are going to change in my life. This is the year that I'm going to read the Bible through. And we start in Genesis and go into Exodus, and we can't even make it three chapters in before we've already changed our minds about reading the Bible through. But this is the year I'm going to do it. This is the year I'm going to set aside 15 minutes every morning and I'm going to pray before I do anything else. This is the year that I'm going to make sure that I lay hands on my kids before they go out the door and go to school. This is the year that I'm going to be a spiritually mature adult. And before we can get to January the 15th, we've already messed up and we've already started living right back in our zone of the flesh that prevents us from being able to be blessed on a higher level. That's exactly what these disciples did. They were invited by Jesus to come and to participate in an experience that was going to change their lives. They were going to participate in this, in this opportunity, if you will, to become something that they had never been before. But they were just too sleepy to pull it off. They were just too tired to pray. They were just too tired. And so they just let the flesh have its way. Now I want to point out something that Jesus said to them. He said to them, he said, watch and pray so that you do not enter into temptation. That's what he said. And then he went on to say, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. What he's saying here is simply this. He's saying there's a part of you where my spirit lives. You know that you're three parts. You've got a body. You've got a soul, which is where your emotions live, where you get angry, where you get happy, where you feel good, where you feel bad, where you have a good attitude, where you have a bad attitude. Your soul is where all of that lives. But your spirit is where God takes up residence in you when you invite him to come in and you are born again. Now, before Jesus comes in, your spirit is dead. Your spirit is, is impacted by sin. And you know what the scripture says about sin? Sin is death. It is death in you. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if you're not saved, if you've not given your life to Jesus Christ, your spirit is dead. 
But when you ask the Lord to forgive you and he comes into your life and you turn your life over to him, he comes in, he takes up residence in this area called the spirit. So you need to think about the fact that God lives in you today. Wherever you go, God goes. Whatever you eat, God eats. Whatever you're up to, God is in the midst of it because he comes in and the Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us. He is in you and he is there to do a work in you that only he can do. So what he's saying is, is that the spirit indeed is willing. In other words, the God part of you is in you saying, come on, you can do this. Come on, you can forgive that person. I'll help you do that. Come on, you can do this job. Don't be afraid to try to step out of your comfort zone and do this. Come on, I will anoint you. Come on, I will give you the knowledge and the understanding and the wisdom that you need. Come on, you can raise these children. I I never forget when they came and put Jonathan in my hands and I looked at him and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, we're in big trouble. Because I'm a big baby myself, and now we've got to raise this one. And then when Aaron came along, it crashed my world. It was like, I ain't never seen a baby quite like this. And listen, when a daddy holds a little girl, it's an entirely different experience. Not that I don't love my son, but they're just something a daddy and his daughter. It is a bond that is unlike any other's. But I recognize how, how incapable that I felt to raise either one of them to be good kids. Do you know what? I'd forgotten that the Spirit of God lived in me. That he would, he would enable me to do whatever I need to do. So parents, I'm telling you, don't give up. Keep raising those children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Teach them the ways that they should go. Because when they are old, they will always be confronted by what you have taught them in the Spirit. Spirit of God is in us. The Spirit of God is alive. The Spirit of God will drive us towards spiritual things. The Spirit of God will cause you to have a desire to be holy. The Spirit of God will give you the desire to make choices uh, that will line you up for blessing rather than tear your life apart. The Spirit of God will enable you to work through your relationship issues. There's no reason whatsoever for a child of God to ever even consider a split in their marriage when the Spirit of God is alive and well within them because God is able to put together what no man can pull asunder. Sometimes we just give up, though, because it's easier to indulge the flesh. It's it's easier to do what the flesh says do. It's easier to stay home from church. It's, it's easier. Yeah, I get tickled sometimes at people that I'm going to tithe this year. I, this is the year I'm going I'm to give all of my finances to God. And we start that. And then we suddenly realize that we'd rather have that money in our bank account than we would rather give it to the church and let the church use that money for ministry. Why? Is it because we don't trust the church? It's not that. 
It's because we cannot in our natural man understand how it's easier and better to live on 90% of our income than it is to live on 100% of our income. And so we can't understand it in the flesh. So sometimes we don't do it at all. Or this one's even better. You know, God, I, instead of giving you 10%, I'll give you two and a half. That sounds better to me. You know, I, I feel like that fits my budget better. So I just slip in two and a half rather than 10%, which is what Scripture teaches. You see what I'm trying to say? I'm not, I'm not trying to be down on anybody. I'm just saying that God's plan is always best. And if we will submit ourselves to God's plan, then it brings blessing into our lives. And so we've got to be careful not to overindulge our appetite. I don't want to forgive them. It feels better to hate their guts. You know, I I don't want to do that because it feels better to our flesh than it does to our spirit. Listen, it's time for us to let the Spirit win. It's time for you to let the Spirit win. You can take a nap anytime. But when God has called you, this is the time. This is the moment. This is the season. I'm calling you to rise up and do something that you've never done before because now is the time. Then that's not a time for you to take a nap. That's not a time for you to get in the flesh. That's not a time for you to increase your natural inclinations. That's the time for you to submit yourself to God and allow his holiness to work in and through you. They overindulge their appetite. And thirdly and finally, they miscalculated their consequences. They didn't really realize what damage they were doing to their spirit man by not doing what Jesus had asked them to do. Come help me stop if you will. You see, that's part of our problem. And I want to say this properly. I don't want you to feel like I'm jealous of anybody or upset with anybody or, you know, in the church world, but... All we ever hear preached anymore, it seems like to me, has to do with prosperity and blessing and grace and mercy. And can I just tell you that I'm thankful for all of that? I'm thankful that every day that I live, I have access to new mercies, according to Scripture. Every day brings new mercies. I'm thankful that I have the opportunity, as you do, to go boldly into the throne room of God where I might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I'm thankful for all that. I'm thankful for prosperity. I'm thankful that God has given us the power to build wealth. I'm at a place in my life where I'm looking for opportunities to build wealth. Not so I can just stick it in a bank account somewhere, but because God has called me to be a giver. God has called me to share whatever I have with someone else who might be in need. So whatever I need to do to function in that role, I'm willing to do that. And you know what I've discovered? God will give us what we need 
if we're sold out to his purposes. But as long as I'm the one driving the boat saying, well, God, I know that sounds good, but I'm not a millionaire, so I can't give like that. I can't give on that level. It takes me everything that it takes for me just to pay my bills. Well, why don't you let God pay your bills? He said, I don't know. I think I have to write the check. You're right. We have to write the checks. But I'm convinced that God will provide everything that we have need of when we are walking in His plan and according to His will. <coughs> what was it the psalmist said? He said, I've been young and I'm now old, yet I have never, say never, never, I have never, say it again, never, I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I can say that. Listen, there have been times that I thought, I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know how it's going to happen. <coughs> Just a few days ago, Donna said to me, she said, all right, this is the week. Everybody has one of those weeks. Mortgage payments due. Got to pay the utilities. Don't you be spending any extra money. If it's not necessary, don't spend it. One day I was coming home from the office, and I called her and I said, I'm on my way home. I'm going to go buy Kroger. I want to get some of that keto yogurt. I want to get some bread. She said, do you have to have it? I said, well, I don't have to have it, but I'd like to have it. And she said, not today. She said, just come on home. We'll figure something out to eat today. Now, don't anybody think I'm, I'm starving. You can look at me and know I'm not starving, right? You understand that. But we work according to a budget. Many of you do. You understand what I'm talking about. If it ain't the budget, my wife keeps me in line. Every now and then I get her back. Every now and then I'll say, well, you know there ain't no money in the budget this, this, this week, girl no money in the budget she said just come on home and I came on home sitting there in my chair thinking man I sure would like to have some of that yogurt I sure would like to have a piece of that toast there's only two grams of carbs in the whole piece of bread so it tastes like cardboard yeah but when you're trying to watch your carbs you it, it's good to have I'm telling you I like it it's good stuff but you know what happened when we went to the mailbox I think it was the next day, went out to the mailbox and got a, a, an envelope from State Farm Insurance. And I just thought, it's not in the budget. Can't, can't pay the insurance this week. It's going to have to be next week. So I opened that baby up, got in there and looked, and it was a check, Donna for $48.67. I gave it to her and I said, can I, can I go to Kroger? Listen, I don't know how God does all that he does. I can't explain all that he does in my life. I just know that every time he does something wonderful in my life, I can always go to the Word of God and say, 
Of course he did that because he promised he would do that. He promised that he would not let the devourer take my seat. He promised me that. Where was I when I started doubting? Where was I when I started living in that frustration? Where was I? And I'll tell you where I was. I was thinking about me. I was just thinking about the flesh. When all along, God wanted me to trust him for everything that I have need of. So let me just tell you, say, how does that work? <clears throat> what did he invite them to do? Come with me, Judas. I'm releasing you to go do what you feel like you've got to do in the flesh. There ain't no turning you around, boy. You're going to do it, and I know it. The rest of you come, and you eight go right over there and sit down right there and watch and see, see what happens. Just stay right there. That's where I need you to be in this moment. And they obeyed. And then he takes the three that he was calling way up higher. Peter, James, and John, and he said, hey, I need for you to watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Your, the, the spirit it, it, that is in you is willing, but the flesh is weak. Do you know what they picked? They picked the flesh. And you know what happened afterwards when they left the garden? You understand? Peter denied Jesus three times, fell into temptation. Could it be because he did not watch and pray? Jesus warned him, you better watch and pray. The Spirit in you will guide you properly. But if you're not careful and you put the flesh over the Spirit, you'll fall into temptation. So what I'm trying to say to you today is that God wants us to walk not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And the way that we do that is by watching and praying. And if we'll do that, great blessing will come into my life. Great blessing will come into your life. Victory will come into your life. Relationships will be healed. Bodies will be healed by the divine power of the one who took stripes upon his back so that we could walk in health. I'm telling you, there's nothing that our God cannot do, but he requires that we walk in the Spirit with him. I don't know how you feel about it. That's how I want to live. That's how I want my life to be to be from now on out. I want to walk in His Spirit. I want you to stand with me this morning. And I want us to take just a few moments and pray. I want us to ask God to do what is needed in our lives. Stephanie, I think Derek texted me in the middle of the night last night. Tell me that his dad is in, in the hospital and he needs a healing touch from the Lord. Is that right? 
So why don't we just all look this direction and raise our hands and just say, Lord, we want you to heal Burl Williams. Pray with me, Lord, in Jesus' name. We agree together, and I'm asking you to allow healing virtue to flow through the body of Burl Williams. You know what his circumstances are and situation. He knows all about it. So I pray that you will heal. I pray that these blood clots will dissolve in Jesus' name and that health will come for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Who else on this side? You, you've got a prayer need. Just raise your hand up. There you go. One, two, some more. All right. Three back there. Now listen, I'm not going to ask you to spill all the beans to us right here in front of God and everybody. But listen, God already knows. You know that, right? <clears throat> so everybody point your hands this direction and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, these hands that went up all represent a need in someone's life. And we know that you are able to touch and heal. We know that you are able to provide jobs. We know that you are able to turn circumstances. We know that you are able to destroy anxiety and fear. We know that you are able to give faith where faith is needed. We know that you are able to give strength where strength is needed. And Lord, right now in Jesus' name, we agree together in this house on behalf of these needs that were signified by an uplifted hand. And I thank you now that you're going, you're going to hear and you're going to do what we're asking you to do in Jesus' name. How about this center section over here? Anybody over here have a need? <clears throat> we got some people back there with two hands up in the air. I don't have just one need. I got multiple needs. That's the reason I like when it says he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of God that works in us. Let's pray together. Lord, in the name of Jesus, you see these uplifted hands. And, and we know and understand that there are times that many of us have multiple needs in our lives, more than one. We, it seems as though sometimes that we're being attacked from the right and from the left and from the front and from the rear. It just seems like that everywhere we turn that we are being attacked by the enemy. But Lord, I'm glad to know that you are omnipresent. You are everywhere. You guard our front and our back. You guard the right and you guard the left. You guard all around us. You send angels and set them on the post so that they can bring blessing and guidance to our lives. And Lord, we release those, those, those angels just like Daniel did when he began to release in the heavenly what needed to be accomplished and needed to be done. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Jane, did you say you're trying to close on a house and having problems? You're doing everything you can to, to close on that house. And you, you've run up against obstacles and, and walls that you can't break through. I believe God is able to remove all those obstacles in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll break down the walls of resistance and that you will cause this mortgage and this house to close rapidly and quickly in the name of Jesus. Lord, this is your child. This is your servant. She loves to give. She loves to be a part of the kingdom work. 
Lord, I'm praying that you'll bless her so much that she'll have to take her boots off because she's got to dance a little bit because of what you have done. Lord, I'm asking you to do it. Break through it, Lord. In Jesus' lovely name, amen, amen, and amen, amen. How about over here? Anybody have a need? Lift your hands up. Let me see. Praise God. I mean, almost every hand on this side over here. If I were you, I'd sit on the, that side next week. I don't, I don't know. But listen, let me just tell you, God, God wants you to believe him like you've never believed him before. God is going to use this circumstance, whatever it is that you're facing, so that when you come through it, you're going to look back and say, wow, look how big God is. Look how awesome his power is. Look how he did that. I, can't, I couldn't have even imagined that he could do that in the way that he did it. But look at God. God is going to surprise you with an answer. And when he does it, I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. Because your faith will just skyrocket when you see what God is able to do. Come on, church, let's pray for these folks over here. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I believe that you are well able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of God that works in us. And Lord, there are needs over here on this side of the congregation, and, and I know that you are fully aware of them, and you know exactly what it's going to take for the breakthrough and the victory. And Lord, I believe that your word to your people in this moment is one of expectation and that you are going to shock them at the way that you are able to change this circumstances. It's going to be like a tsunami of blessings that rolls over and over and over and over their soul. And their spirit is going to be encouraged, blessed because of you. And I thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer in the name of Jesus. Now, church, I'm going to ask you to join me as we pray for all those lovely people that are on the other side of that camera. We've probably got as many or more people behind the camera today than we do in the building, but that's okay. We understand about that. We know where we are. We know what we're going through. And let me tell you something. God's getting ready to break this thing through. I believe with all of my heart that it won't be long. I told you several weeks ago things are looking up. And as soon as I said that, things started looking down. If we live in the flesh, we'll say, I must have missed it. I must have somehow missed that prophetic utterance and just said what my flesh wanted to say. But the more I think about it, and the more that I think on those, I'm telling you, things are looking up. Things are changing. Things are moving in a positive direction. God is getting ready to do in this earth what he's wanting to do all along. And he's going to bring a revival of souls unlike anything that we've seen in a long time as men and women, women turn their faces back to God. For all of you who are on the other side of the camera, we love you and we pray for you today. We ask you, Father, in Jesus' name to touch them. We ask you to heal their bodies. 
Lord, the last count, there were 20-plus people who were positive for COVID. I pray that you would allow their bodies and their natural antibodies to fight that and chase it out of their bodies in Jesus' name, and that they will wake up whole and healed in the name of Jesus. Strengthen their bodies and COVID destroyed in their body forever. That you would strike it at the very root of its existence. And you will bring healing to them. Lord, I pray for those who are just dealing with anxiety this morning. Just all we hear is negative. All we hear on television is negative and down and discouragement. But Lord, I pray that you will destroy the anxiety that is driving them. That where the fear lives and exists, that it will have to go in Jesus' name because it is not a byproduct of your spirit. Fear has no connection to the spirit. It only has connection to the flesh. Jesus, you told your disciples, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Lord, I pray that the spirit that is inside of them will begin to drive the vehicle and that their spirit will rise and that they will declare and they will agree with you. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, there is no room for fear and anxiety in this child of God, you must go in Jesus' name. Out the door you go. I'm going to walk in the Spirit, and I am going to be empowered by God. And I'm going to overcome. So, Lord, thank you for hearing our prayer for those who are behind the camera today. And I thank you that they're going to be encouraged. They're going to be blessed. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be whole. And I thank you in Jesus' name. I thank you in Jesus' name. You say, no, can stuff like this happen? I mean, are you just preaching and trying to get us worked up and motivated and all that? No. Let me tell you something. You know that my wife, about two years ago, was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. They told her, they said, you won't die from it, but you'll die with it. And it will continually have an effect upon your body. The last time that she went to the doctor, the symptoms were growing. They were getting worse. It just seemed like she was struggling even to get up and get across the room. Struggling to make it through a day. We began to pray together. We began to believe God was going to change the forecast of that doctor. Listen, I love doctors, love people in the medical field. I, I know we got a young lady that's going into it, but she's not going into it for the for the drugs and the she's going in to be a blessing to people and to minister to them. I believe there will be a day when nobody's looking. She'll just reach over there and lay her hands on them and start praying in the Spirit for them and praying, God, you're going to raise this one up in Jesus' name. This is an example of invading the devil's territory. 
She's invading. She's going in. She's sneaking in right now. She said, I'm on my way. I'm coming. It won't be long. I'll be there. And when I get there, things are going to change. I'm going to pray some people out of disease and into health. Amen. What was I talking about? My wife. I just felt like I needed to prophesy over you there for a moment. I'm telling you, that's what your life's going to look like. You're going to make a difference. I believe it with all of my heart. I believe it with all of my heart. So the, the younger generation, you know, they're not like the old timers. Thank God they're not like the old timers were. Thank God that they're rising up and taking their gifts and their place in the kingdom of God. It'll make a difference. So anyway, she gets up one morning. She's kind of singing around the house, kind of going here, going there around the house. And I'm thinking she looks a little different today. We prayed again. Next day, she's looking even a little better. It's five, six, seven days now. I don't know. She wakes up in the morning and she's a, I said, I, you know, I'd like to have such and such for dinner tonight. So I'll fix that tonight. She goes in there. We have said all up. I'm a blessed man, but she's feeling better. Amen. We found out about this natural product that you could drink. And it tastes terrible like homemade soap. I make her some of that every day. I put it in a little cup, and I mix some honey in it and put a little bit sweetener in it. And I take it over there, and she said, I have to drink it again. I said, health and healing in Jesus' name. Health and healing in Jesus' name. Replenish this liver in Jesus' name. She's been drinking that, and I love it. Because when she gets all the way down to the bottom, she gets a little bit of the sediment that's in the cup, and it comes out all at one time, and she goes, I said, health and healing in Jesus' name. Health and healing in Jesus' name. I don't know what the future looks like, but I'm telling you right now, things are looking up. Amen. God is on the throne. Sister, so I want you to just point your hand toward my beautiful wife and let's ask him to complete what he has already started in Jesus' name. Lord, you are our God, you are our healer, you are our provider, you are our portion in the land of the living. Lord, you said that you would finish what you started in us. And I'm believing in Jesus' name that you're going to finish this healing. Just like the blind man on the first time, he said, I see something. I'm not sure what I see. looks like trees. Jesus, you touched him a second time. And when you did, the process was completed for your glory. And I believe it's going to happen. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I wonder if we could just close this service this morning by singing an old, old song that says, How great thou art. Isn't he great? Connie, is he great? Oh, yes, he is. Carolyn, is he great? Oh, you better know it. He's great. 
then sings my soul, my Savior God, to me. as we're leaving here's what I believe the Lord is saying to us today I believe through this message today he's letting us know that there are certain protocols that we must engage in our man our spirit man if we want to experience his blessings certain things that we need to include and incorporate I want you to know that what he's saying is is that he has invited us to prayer start every day start every circumstance with prayer finish follow through don't stop until you see the answer and if you will do that he will 
work in your life that will allow your legacy and your testimony to travel the destinations that you didn't know possible. People's lives will be changed because of you and because of your obedience. So this week, the Lord's going to speak to you personally and remind you of commitments you've read about in the Word <clears throat> that you've heard in your spirit. You may have started down that path and then for whatever reasons you pulled back, started feeding your fleshly appetite rather than your spirit. The Lord's going to remind you. And when He does, I want you to commit yourselves to pick it back up to move in that direction again and allow him to pour those blessings out fresh and new upon your life. Will you do that? Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for letting us come to your house today and worship you and honor you. I am so excited about what you are doing and what you're going to do in our lives. And I believe that it's just the tip of the iceberg just the tip of the iceberg for what you're going to do in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Join us for the concert of prayer tonight, either in person or online.